Conversations, the podcast of Road Tulips Consulting. I'm your host, Cecilia Seth. Today, we welcome our guest, Miguel Nevis of Skift Meetings. He's going to be talking with us about the humanity of technology. It's Monday, October 31st, 2022. Welcome to episode 171. Hey, everybody. It's Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween. If you celebrate this day, we definitely do in the United States. It's Monday, and that means it's time for another episode of Nonprofit Conversations. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Cecilia Sepp. I'm the principal and founder of Rogue Tulips Consulting. I encourage you to subscribe to our series so you don't miss an episode. We're on your favorite podcast service, so just look us up. I would like to say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our global audience, and thanks for joining us. This week, we have a returning guest, another one who's been away for a year, like last week's guest, Miguel Nevis, who's an expert in online meetings, content development, and he's the editor-in-chief of Skift Meetings. Welcome back, Miguel. Would you like to say hello and tell our audience a little about yourself? Sure. Uh, thanks, Cecilia, for having me back. It's it's great to, to be on the show again. Uh, what a year it's been, or what couple of years it's been. So I'm happy to uh, be in my relatively new role as Editor-in-Chief of Skift Meetings. Like you said, I've done a lot of work on, on in online meetings and content development, but I'm really focused now on reporting uh, the event industry and the meetings industry. So really interested in looking at trends and how things are, are changing uh, in this hopefully post-COVID pandemic world. Yes, uh, hopefully stays that way. Uh, but we are, I think, have adapted, especially with the event area, whether we shifted to virtual during the lockdown or we're now back to a lot of in-person meetings, which is great. Uh, although I have to say, like a lot of people, I still feel kind of odd seeing people in person <laughs> in, in 3D instead of 2D. But uh, I think it's a great uh, segue into this week's topic, which is the humanity of technology. Because with events, what we're doing is we're bringing people together. We're connecting people. It's very human interaction. So as we have seen this tumultuous last couple of years, Miguel, what are some of the things you've seen about technology and how it continued to bring us together? Well, um, I think during the COVID pandemic or during the peak of the COVID pandemic, we had some serious challenges when it came to technology. You know, it did help us to connect uh, but I think uh, it was also sort of this uh, this crutch that we had where we kind of, uh, kind of grabbed onto it and figured it out as quickly as we could. And now that we are sort of able to meet again, I feel like there's a bit of a backlash against technology. It's almost like people don't really want technology to be in front of them, at least in, in the shape of a Zoom meeting or whatever it, it happens to be. So we really want to kind of meet face to face, which I think is great. Uh, but I think it's a bit misplaced because I don't think technology is the enemy. Uh, I think technology can help us have really smooth events. I think technology can help us have really great on-site experiences. And I like to focus on that, right? Like how do we use technology for our benefit? And the great thing is technology has come a long way. Event technology has come a long way in this short period, particularly the kind of virtual side, but even in-person technology. You know, so many events now, you know, that whole registration process or check-in process where you go in and get your badge and it's a bit clunky and did it come out right, et cetera. A lot of that, we're, we're kind of past that, right? We have check-in apps there where you scan a QR code on your phone and you walk in and it's it's sort of done. And it's funny how maybe it took something like a pandemic to make that be expected 
right? Mm -hmm. it, like it feels really clunky to have to wait in line at a registration desk now. And I think a lot of meetings would kind of suffer from that. Uh, and it's the same thing at, you know, even uh, Q&A sessions at events. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're using QR codes to kind of ask questions on our phones, that kind of thing. That was all available before, but it just feels so much more appropriate and normal now than it did before. So I think that that humanity of technology is coming across in those kind of things. It, wow, there is so much in that what you just shared to unpack. And the thing that I'd like to start with, though, is the negative attitude toward technology. Because I, I'll be honest, I know people are fatigued by Zoom meetings and they're a little exhausted with that. And so people are saying things to me like, would you mind if we just talk on the phone <laughs> instead <laughs> of do a webcam, which I'm fine with too. But uh, I haven't really seen negative, like a backlash. Have, have you seen something like that? Or is it just- I think it, I think it was more when we, particularly, you know, the, the area that I'm covering, we were covering a lot of event technology and they went through this crazy boom during the pandemic. You know, everybody needed to find a solution. So it was, they were, they were really big. And then suddenly everybody went kind of into in-person meetings again. And so there was this like, I don't need technology kind of attitude. And for a while as well, there was this idea that hybrid meetings are the norm. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a whole topic that we could spend a few hours talking about, but hybrid meetings in the sense that there's a sort of way to participate online and a way to participate in person. And I'm seeing for the vast majority of events, they're not really doing that. They are doing some sort of live stream option or at least capturing some of the content, which I think makes a lot of sense, but they're not trying to create this kind of online experience that's equivalent. It's more kind of doing that. So I think there was a bit of a backlash in terms of actually event tech companies go away. We don't want to talk to you right now. We want to kind of do <laughs> our in-person meetings uh, for good or bad. And, and now we're kind of settling down a little bit. It's sort of like, okay, this is actually what it looks like. Tech's developed a bit. Let's go figure out what's new and how tech can really help. And, and I think there's some really interesting options out there. You know, and, and that's a good point. I'm glad you kind of put that in context for me and for the audience, because I was thinking, gee, I haven't seen necessarily negative. But to your point, I have seen people with that expectation of the hybrid meeting. But then what you have to ask people is, well, what is your definition of a hybrid meeting? Because people have come to expect a virtual option if they can't be there in person. Uh, what I'm seeing some associations doing at least the last four or five months that I've been monitoring is they've been recording certain sessions and offering them later. So you sign up for a virtual conference, but it's not real time. So you don't really get any interaction. It's, it's like watching a guided, you know, self-guided study course as opposed yep, to yep. that. But I, I do think when... I, I, to your point too about settling down with the tech, I think we are coming to a point where people are trying to figure this out now because it's not being forced upon them anymore. They're able to kind of take a step back, take a breath and say, okay, well, what are the tools that will help us? We're also used to using our phones or our tablets or other devices uh, for things uh, to check in. Like you mentioned, uh, standing in line is kind of a thing of the past, unless you're registering <laughs> on site, I guess. Uh, but what, what are some of the other trends you've seen uh, with, with some virtual meeting technology? Well, one of the big trends is the metaverse, right? This idea that we will be in a sort of 3D environment wearing a, uh, a device on our heads or even through our own, uh, you know, like phones or, or desktops. Um, I think that's a big 
trend. I don't think the technology is there yet. Um, so it, it's a trend that I get asked about a lot. And it, it is definitely a trend worth noticing. And there are some programs and, and softwares out there that do it pretty well. Uh, you know, you do get some sort of immersion. There's some that include this kind of thing called spatial audio, where you can hear things around you. And if you kind of move your 3D person, your avatar, closer to someone you hear what they're saying so it somewhat mimics uh you know like what happens in real life at, at a networking event um but i i do question whether we are we're going to be there soon i don't really see that happening in the next kind of three to five years in terms of that feeling normal uh and i and i say that because i feel like most of the people promoting that are either you know, in developing some kind of tool. So it's, you know, they have a sort of vested interest or they're a big brand that feel like they, that their brand should be in the metaverse and they want to make it the, like their next big kind of marketing thing. And I don't think either of those are particularly good reasons for us to be meeting in the metaverse. I think it only makes sense to meet in the metaverse when we feel that it helps us when it's natural. You know, I think for a long time, we're going to say, I know Zoom is quite exhausting, but I don't feel like the metaverse is going to be any less exhausting. And unless you can give me a really good reason to do it that way, I'd still rather do it on Zoom. There is one caveat I would put there, which is I think when you do kind of very detailed 3D modeling, like let's say you're in the medical uh, profession and you can have a 3D model of a heart or maybe a medical device, and you can actually go in virtual reality and like look under one layer or interact with it in some way, Okay, that's a bit different, right? That's like, okay, this is pretty impressive that you can have a 3D model and sort of interact with it in some way. But I don't feel like most people are going to that level. You know, that takes creating a 3D model, creating this whole environment. And that's a that's a whole other level of expense. Yeah. Th uh, th wow. That, again, you pack a lot into your comments. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's why you bring me on, right? If you're going to ask right. me questions, and I'm going to I'm going to go, go, go all the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely need to have you back more often uh, because this is fascinating. Uh, I, I do like, I'm going to start with your last point about 3D modeling for training, because I think like a lot of people, uh, if I'm a patient, I think I want a doctor who's practiced a lot and, and being able to practice in the metaverse on a 3D body, I think uh, would give them a lot of experience and see, and, and they can even do like a if you like Star Trek, a Kobayashi Maru scenario where like everything goes wrong, what are you going to do to fix it in that situation? So you're prepared like a flight simulator, you know, that helps pilots be better too. So I'm with you on that hundred percent. The exhaustion that I imagine, as you mentioned, would come from being an avatar in a virtual universe, the metaverse. And we all know Facebook has now changed their name to meta because they want to be in the metaverse. And I guess that makes sense for them because they started out building community. But if, you know, our topic today is the humanity of technology. And I think the metaverse, this is my opinion. I think the metaverse diminishes our humanity because it turns us into these little avatars. And <laughs> I, you know, we're not people anymore. We're, I mean, we could be blue, like in that movie avatar. That's what that whole movie is mm. about. You, the, the people that are on that planet are disguised as something else and they're not who they really are so how does that support humanity i don't know if you have an answer for that that could be a rhetorical well, question for today yeah i don't know if i totally agree with you there i think it 
I think it can be, you know, humane or however you want to describe that in the sense, if there is a really profound experience that you can have uh, with this immersiveness, I mean, I've heard people talk about things like if you can record a 3D movie with a family member and let's say they, they pass away and you can have a shared experience with other family members that happen to be in different parts of the world, but through a VR headset, I don't think you can say that that's not humane, right? I think that that's a, it's a, it's a really interesting experience that yes, you can do it on a zoom call, but mm -hmm. if you could do it in a way where you feel like you're interacting or you're, you're having a shared experience with someone else, I think that's pretty special. I just feel like it's not going to apply to everything and it's not going to be for every meeting. It's like, if you really, for unique situations, I think it's worth it. I also feel like from a, from a pure practical perspective, having a headset on, if you go for that headset model, you can't do that for eight hours a day. I mean, you really shouldn't do zoom for eight hours a day, but having a headset on, it makes you feel sick after a while. So it's just not very practical in many ways. Well, and yeah, and I got to say, Miguel, I'm a born skeptic. I'm from Missouri, <laughs> show me state. So if if I'm proven wrong about the metaverse, I will gladly be proven wrong. Uh, but I do think that, and 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 your point, I had not thought about that. That's an excellent example of you could interact or at least have the image of a family member who's passed away. And maybe you've recorded their wisdom and you could share that with the future generations. And, and that's something I'll, I'll admit I had not thought about that because I think a lot about the metaverses related to meetings and networking and business. And uh, somebody who's been on the show before, Bryant Richards, actually shared with me a link to their metaverse for their uh, department at their university. And you could actually go to the office and they had a model of the office and you could walk around and go through doors and see people. And, and I was thinking, well, you know, if you have a dispersed workforce, that's actually a really good idea because you could walk up and down the hall. You could be, if you're one of those uh, managers who like to manage by walking around, you walk around the metaverse. Uh, so I just think though, it, it, my, some of my opinion has been formed by the fact we were locked down for about a year and a half and we we're not having that regular social interaction. And I think it sure. isolates us more. I, I think I love technology for the positive aspects of connecting us to each other more often. Like you and I, I'm in the United States, you're in Denmark, and we're talking right now in real time, we're recording, but we're talking to each other in real time across an ocean in two different countries. And I think that's marvelous, fantastic. And I still am awestruck in the best sense of the word about what we can do today with technology. But we're actually seeing each other. Uh, we're not seeing little avatars of each other. So there's that as well. And we get that great tone of voice and facial expression, which if we ever get to the point with avatars where, you know, we actually look like us, but it's a 3D image of us, you know, I might be a little more supportive of that but sure. i just you know i, I mean I wanted... google has some interesting technology i don't know if you've seen it where they have a, a camera that's actually in the middle of your screen mm -hmm. uh, and so you know they're, they're working on these kind of things and i think small details like that might actually make more of a difference than, than the avatar because if i could mm -hmm. if i could kind of see my screen and not have to look kind of up towards my camera to, to make eye contact with you. If I could feel like I'm making eye contact with you, I think that would feel a lot different than what it normally feels like when we're talking on Zoom. Yes. That's, and I think that's a good point. Uh, if Because a lot of times 
we're looking at our camera and we're not really looking at each other because on Zoom, if we're looking at each other, we're looking down or to the <laughs> side of the screen. And so it looks like we're not really looking at each other. So yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, I know that uh, you did not have as much time today as as you usually do. So uh, I'm, I'm afraid we have to start wrapping up our episode uh, for all of those reasons, but it's been so great having you back. And like I said, you need to come back more often. So I will definitely be in touch <laughs> about you coming back. Um, well, let me let me leave one more thought, if, if okay. you'll allow me. Um, of course. One of the things that I'm super excited, and maybe you've had other people on the show uh, talking about this before, is, is really the, the evolution of AI. Um, mm -hmm. And I talked about this from a more broad perspective, not ex not specifically for events, but I'm starting to explore a little bit about what's possible with AI and on a kind of really kind of basic user level. Uh, and there's some really impressive things out there, like the, uh, I think it's called Dolly, the, the, the AI computer that makes graphics for you. you. You input a few words and it makes graphics and the things that it's creating are very impressive. And I was just experimenting with one yesterday where you take a picture of a room in your house that you're decorating, mm -hmm. um, a plain room, and it will use AI to send you back images of what that room could look like with different themes. So you could have like a Baroque palace theme, you could have a tropical <laughs> theme. It has all these kind of very stereotypical versions. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it thinks there's a window there and it puts a door on top of a window and it looks really weird. <laughs> but you can see that it's doing some pretty cool stuff. And I think just from that perspective of getting decor ideas, and this is where it could apply for events, like getting decor ideas for a space on how to make it look in a certain way. I think AI could be really interesting for that thing when it just sort of takes, because the way it works is it takes, you know, you feed it thousands of images of different styles and it just figures out by itself how to apply those different styles to a certain space. Mm -hmm. And I think things like that are moving incredibly fast and they're really, really interesting to look out for. Um, it could be that we'll use AI in the future to record podcasts and do video interviews and that kind of thing. And that could help us position ourselves, get, you know, better lighting, help us with the topics that we choose. I think there's, there's a lot of opportunities there that are going to be here much faster than I think a full kind of metaverse for, for meetings will, and will surprise us in how interesting and how powerful they are. I think that's an excellent example. I haven't thought of AI for decorating, but uh, we just had a renovation done in our house this year. And I spent a lot of time on the Sherwin-Williams paint site changing wall colors <laughs> with, and you can upload pictures of your rooms in your house and, yeah, and yeah. test it. That's real basic. It's not really AI, but I think that's kind of a stepping stone toward what you were just talking about. So yeah. uh, no, that's great. But as you know, because you haven't been a guest before, we do like to ask our guest for a closing thought what would you like the audience to take away today on this topic of the humanity of technology and or meetings? And if they wanted to get in touch and talk more, how could they get in touch with you? Sure, um, I'll answer the, the last part first. I think LinkedIn is probably my go-to place. So just connect with me on, on LinkedIn. If you can't find me, type in Miguel as my first name and then seven spelled out, S-E-V-E-N, and you should be able to find me. That is my kind of avatar on the internet forever. And that, and that seems to work. Um, I think if I'll, I'll leave one thought with you is, is that technology is just a tool. Um, and I think it's important to make sure we keep that in perspective. So I think everything we talked about, I think concepts are great. The power of these tools is really interesting to explore, 
but I don't think we should throw technology at any challenges or even opportunities that we have. I think we should spend some time with other people, spend some time on our own thinking about how we're going to solve issues or how these opportunities might develop and only then throw technology or kind of add technology to the mix. Because if you if you jump to technology, I think it's a little bit of what happened during the pandemic. You kind of jumped on technology. Everybody needed to, and, and we did, but not many people um, thought about it carefully on how best to really use technology. So I would always remind people that it's a tool and it can be a tool for used for amazing things. I'm sure we use technology every day for great stuff. It can be a tool that's used for bad things as well, but it is just a tool and let's uh, let's be careful and, and let's be kind of intentional on how we use it is probably the best way to think about it. Yeah, uh, well said, I agree. Uh, it is a tool and it's who's using the tool and their intention that matters. So, uh, but, but we are both of the positive side of the aisle, I think, trying to bring people together. So thank you again for joining us. I can't wait to have you back. I'd love to dig into artificial intelligence with you uh, next time you're on the show. So I will follow up with you on that. So, well, everybody, thanks for joining us this week. We have to go rogue for now. I want to thank my guest, Miguel Nevis, for coming back and sharing his thoughts on using technology in uh, meetings and events and the humanity aspect of it. Uh, we also dug into the metaverse, which was really fun. I wasn't expecting that. So if you'd like to learn more about Rogue Tulips Consulting and how we can help you bloom outside the box, check out our website, roguetulips.com. If you're a CA candidate or current CAE and you're looking for education or study groups, check out our education program, the 501C League, and they have their own website, the 501CLeague.net. Uh, thanks for joining us. And again, please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast service. Uh, on behalf of Miguel and myself, thanks for joining us. And we'll be back next time with our guest, Kimberly Stansel, Stansel who's going to talk about healthcare meetings. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>